Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. Have you ever met someone and you immediately think, well, that's a really cool person? It's in the way they carry themselves, the way they speak, their presence. Well, that's exactly how I felt when I met today's guest in real life. So I just had to have her on here and hope some of her coolness would rub off on me. Meet Leslie Logan. Even her name is cool. Leslie is a certified Pilates teacher, breathwork, habits, and mindset coach, and is the founder of OnlinePilatesClasses.com, which is the first free online catalog of Pilates exercise tutorials. She's been teaching Pilates since 2008, has run multiple studios, has trained hundreds of people to become teachers themselves, and has taught thousands of students. When not teaching from her studio in Vegas, Leslie is hosting her own podcast, Be It Till You See It, or she's traveling the world leading Pilates retreats. Today, we talk about workday boundaries, giving yourself permission to be off, and how to increase productivity. You guys are going to love her, so let's jump in. Leslie, welcome. So right before I hit record, you just told me you're in Cambodia. What the heck are you doing there? (laughs) It's that's actually like the question that I get when people go, You were in Cambodia. Like there's like a second, you know, like why were you there? Um, so Cambodia is a beautiful country. Like it is one of the most gorgeous places in this world mm. to be in. And it has incredibly beautiful temples and history that is worth history is a little less beautiful there, but the temples are stunning. And so I lead retreats. I lead wellness retreats um, at, in Cambodia. So we do some Pilates and then we do goal setting, mindset coaching, visualization, breath work. And then we go to temples and allow all those thoughts and desires to sink in while we look at these like majestic beauties that have survived over a thousand years. That's amazing. So how many other people are there with you right now? So we had we had a small group um, this round, but this is our eighth retreat there. So we we can take like twelve to fifteen people. Technically, we can have twenty, but you know, um, so I, I have to max it at twenty. But I can, um, but I like a twelve person. That's a sweet spot. That's amazing, and it's I'm also more impressed that you said yes to this podcast while you're there because I would have <laughs> been like, nope, I'm in Cambodia, I'm not doing anything. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. Yeah, it's when you're, you know what? We live in a village, which is um, really unique and really cool. So we live in, you know, Uncle John's village and, uh, and, and that's not his real name, but that's a name he goes by. <laughs> and we have this amazing, so you, you get to experience the life of the people uh, that are there, but then I can walk 10 minutes away and I'm in a very um, expat city life. It's not really, mm-hmm. but like I can work at a cafe. You know what I mean? They have they have cashew milk lattes. So I, I can be a little bit more spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I just, I'm like just in awe that, that that's where you are right now. So I'm in Connecticut. <laughs> not nearly <laughs> as exciting. <laughs> but all right. So let's let's talk about this. You are, you're like the Pilates queen. You have a platform. You have the, your, um, online courses and you have like all the stuff, your products, but 
I, I know because I d- did some digging that you are, this conversation is not about Pilates. So can you just like, tell me like, what's the why behind all that you do? Because I know that there's so much more than just the surface level Pilates. Well, thank you. And, you know, I think, um, I hope that people, whatever people think Pilates is, I hope that throughout this conversation, we have an, an equal understanding, but I think Pilates is my vehicle to help people connect to themselves. And I believe that if you can connect to yourself first, you can connect more to others. And I say that because I actually grew up in a place where I just didn't feel like I belonged. And there's nothing wrong with the town. It's not the other people. It's just I did not feel like I belonged there. I felt like I had friends. I was outgoing person, but just didn't stick. Kind of felt like, you know, I could leave and maybe no one would notice. <laughs> like, I just didn't yeah. feel like it was like a place for me. And then I went off to college thinking, that was it. This is where I'm going to find like all of my people. And I really felt like I belonged less there. That was a very different experience mm. than, than I was expecting. And I struggled with that a lot. And so I got a job. I just worked a lot because I was like, well, what else am I going to do? I'm not really finding my my groove here. And a girl I worked with invited me to a Pilates class. And I was like, that is some BS. It is not like that's an infomercial workout. It can't do what it says it's going to do. But I really needed a friend. So I went to the class. And in a f- couple of exercises, I felt parts of my body I never felt before. And I couldn't articulate it then, but I can looking back, is that like, actually in that moment, I actually felt like I belonged in my body. Mm. And I changed my entire work schedule. I ran the store. So I changed the schedule so I could go every day. I I just wanted that feeling more and more. And what I noticed is the more I went to classes, the more I understood what was not going well in my life because I was spending more mm. time connected to myself. And so I transferred locations. I moved my life to a different town. And then like I kept, the, more, the more I kept practicing, the more I kept connecting, the more I got clarity on like what my life needed to be. And so I use Pilates just to help people connect to themselves so they can actually see what's in front of them, what's around them, what they want to keep and what they want to get rid of. Hmm. So what, what did you get rid of when you started your practice? <laughs> it, oh my goodness. Um, First, I got rid of of like the living in this like safe life of of I lived in Orange County, California. There's nothing wrong with it. Beautiful town, but it was safe. It was very like this is your life. You're going to be in. You're going to have this great job, and like everything was kind of predictable for me. So I left that for something with more uncertainty and moved to LA and like get some more culture and get some more um, challenges in. And then actually, that led me to just leave the job I was in, which was. I thought a safe job. It definitely was. It was in retail, everyone. So it was 2008. (laughs) I would have lost it anyways, but I left it to teach Pilates because I just really wanted everyone to experience it. And then I left a person. Like I wasn't married, but we were together for five years. And I was like, just this is not right. So it's kind of funny how, you know, it's it's an onion, right? You can't just get rid of every... I mean, you can. Like I did. When I left him, I like was homeless and had no car and (laughs) a lot of things. But like... I, it's it's a layer. Like I was like, what's the easiest thing? Okay, I'll do this, and then the next thing to move. And so I think um, I think that uh, if you're hearing this, going, wow, she did all these things. Like it's okay. It's an onion. Peel back the first layer, and just you'll get more clarity on what's next. It's so interesting because I don't do Pilates, but I definitely I'm a workout fanatic and do a lot of other things. But I've had those same epiphanies in those moments and doing something like that. So, you know, it's just it's so fascinating how like movement is connected to making 
massive shifts and changes in like having the courage to do something that maybe scared the shit out of you before. And, you know, do you find that like, do you find strength from moving your body in that carries over in other ways? Yeah. Well, I, I love that you said that. First of all, trauma leaves the body through movement, like breath and movement. So like you can, you can think trauma away, <laughs> I guess, but like truly, and like trauma can be a lot of things. It could be somehow someone yelled at you while you're walking down the street. It can be like a coworker yeah. said something and embarrassed you or like it could bring things up. So movement is really important. That's why a lot of things come up to you while you're moving. Um, but what I, so to go back to like, do you find strength? Yes, because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so for me, I find it's a little hard for me to change who I was at my job because like yeah. there's a lot of expectations around who I was there. But I could change, I, at, at, with my Pilates practice, I was changing how I was connected to myself and I could actually strengthen that muscle that would then carry into work. And then I could strengthen that muscle that could carry into like relationships. So like, I think using our whatever your workout method of choice is to help you practice the things that you are wanting to cultivate in your life. So if you are wanting to not avoid tough conversations, don't avoid tough exercises. If you are mm. wanting to feel like you can break down a problem that you've got, then break down an exercise that's challenging you. And so for me, I, I help people do that with Pilates, but it, you can do it with anything. You could do it with yoga. You could do it with, you know, you just have to pick your method that actually allows you to, um, get clear and get connected if you're using one that's more like let me get it all out like when I would run I was like to run off steam to run off some frustration to like get my mind so that was different but whatever it is for you just use it in that way and think about like what is it in my life that I would like to change or make different and practice it there and it will it will strengthen that muscle for wherever you're going Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I mean, that's that's such a great way of looking at it because you think like the physical thing is the hard thing to do, but really it's the other choice that's the hard one. So it's like work it out and get through the hard, like on the mat or in the room or in the gym or whatever it is, and then watch that translate in real life. That's so 1,000%. Cool. I tell my my people in my um, online classes all the time, I'm like, you can if you can do this, you can, this is a really hard exercise. And so you can do hard things. And if you can do yeah. hard things here, you can do hard things anywhere. You're not a different person when you go somewhere. And we've had members who have uh, sent us letters saying they had a tough conversation with a boss because they can do hard things. Yeah. And we've had people leave their spouses because they realize that like they're not supported like they are by their mat. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, so, you know, when you, you, you can use your practice, whatever that is, to truly remind you of who you are and what what you have in you already inherently. Like you really do have it. You just sometimes don't realize it. You take up, put a different mask on of whatever habit you've created there. Um, so I like to use movement to remind people of who they are. This message is for the dreamers, doers, and goal getters out there. The She Who Wins Summit, a live event experience, is coming to Connecticut on April 28th and 29th, 2023. It's time to supercharge your soul so you can show up even more powerfully in your life, in your relationships, and in your business and career. Learn more at shewhowins.com. All right. So you had said on one of your posts, you said that rock bottom is happening for you. Can you oh. explain? explain what that means and what was your rock bottom? So um, I'm not saying like, you know, you should just like go out and look for a rock bottom. I definitely think that the <laughs> that would not be a good idea. But um, 
I think it's important that as like, as you feel like you're hitting rock bottom. And I know for me in 2013, when I left the person I was with for five years and I had no place to live, I like couch surf for some, a, a little bit, but that got a little tricky. Um, living in LA, my car got totaled <laughs> when I was leaving. <laughs> um, the place I rented space to teach Pilates closed. So like where I get my income gone. I had to find a new home for that. And so like, I felt like I hit rock bottom and then like it kept having another level. <laughs> and I found myself just going, okay, take it away. Just take, I don't just take it all because I, if I'm going to get myself out of this, I want to know exactly where, where I'm going. I don't want to have put a hand somewhere that could fall out. Right. And so I truly welcomed that rock bottom as opposed to the other times in my life where I, um, I kind of was like resisting it. Like, why is this happening to me? And I was just like, okay, this is all setting me up for something amazing. It's all setting me up for something amazing. And to be honest, it really did. Like I wouldn't have met my now husband had I not gone through that. I would not have this business that I have had I not gone through that. I would probably not, I know there's a lot of things about me that would not be, I would not be this confident of a person had I not gone through that. So it's hard when you're in it to go, yes, I'm here. <laughs> but um, if we, if you can take a moment in the, between the tears and the frustration, and the anger, just yeah. go, okay, what good can come from this? Like what is possible now because this is happening? And you'll find that there are some things that you actually were probably denying yourself. So I got to live on the West side again for, and for an LA person that like, that meant I could walk to my job. I didn't have to drive anymore. Right. So I was like, Oh my God, I have to walk to my job. And I was like, Oh, I can, I can, um, I can pick a studio that I can really build my business out of that I could walk to now. So I don't have to have a parking spot for this. So I, I really try to figure out like what good can come and what is a, when you do that as a fun game and I ended up meeting yeah. some really cool people and that's how, you know, my life kind of turned into what it is. So I also say that because we want to save people from their rock bottoms. And I know that a lot of women listening yeah. and you've got friends who are doing things who are like, why are they doing that? And the truth is like, it's your job is to be there to support them, but you can't save them from the rock bottom yeah. that they probably need to change their life. Yeah, I think um, I couldn't agree more. Like my rock bottom was after my second divorce. Like I was, whew, that was a rough, that was a rough period of time. And if I think back at all of the rock bottoms or all of the rejections that I've had, they have, it was, there was another there was, it was meant for something else. And I think of like, even my book, I had over a hundred rejections and I was devastated. Like the first 12, I was like devastated tears. Once you get to like 80 or 90, you're like, whatever. But it was like, <laughs> now I can appreciate all of that to get me to exactly the right publisher and exactly, you know? So it's like, I, I started to look at rejection in a very, very different way because yeah. of going through all of that. And it's like, okay, I'm just getting redirected to where I'm supposed to be. And when you start to think like that, it, it's beautiful because then yeah. nothing, you know, then there's nothing that will, can rock your boat, like can upset you. You're like, all right, on we flow with whatever is next to come. Oh yeah. And like, you know, I love that you shared that a hundred, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> It's that's so many, so many people would have stopped at 49. Like, okay, I'm, a, yeah, I'm out. Um, but I think I'm like a stubborn little B. Yeah. Well, also it just shows how much you care about that, that, that piece of work. And I think like, you know, um, you said it best, like it's a redirection. And so like my rock bottom wasn't like, oh my God, like you're the worst. I still am a, I was a plastic doctor then I'm still one now, but it, 
it took me off of this like path that was actually would have been fine. Would have been fine. You know, um, I had a client once I said, oh yeah, it's, it's nice. And she said about the guy I was dating at the time, she was like, wallpaper is nice, sweetheart. So like the, the life would have been nice. It would have been wallpaper. (laughs) I love that. But like, (laughs) I, I'm so grateful because for that redirection, because now I feel like I am, I'm directing my life. I am choosing the things that are happening. I am in in charge of all that. And so I just feel like people want to avoid things. So they want to avoid the pain and the hurt so bad. And I promise you, it's like kind of the thing that you need to, to show you what you're capable of, um, that a workout always can't. And then, um, and also to, to help you Get to know more about what you want. I think sometimes people don't know what they want without knowing what they don't want. And so having a rock bottom, you really do go, oh, I don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fine is a curse, right? Because if things are really bad, it gives you a reason to change it. But if things are fine, it's almost like, well, what am I complaining about? Can't, can't, can't I just be happy? It's fine. This is the life that people want. And like, I think that those are the people who get stuck the most because mm-hmm. really bad is easy to identify, but fine just is like, well, you're kind of just living in the, I mean, I think most people live in a state of fine, don't you? <laughs> just walking around. Yeah. And I, and that, that is, I mean, like I've had friends who've had jobs who, you know, people would dream of having that job and they had other aspirations, but how do you leave this, like their performers, how do you leave this like contracted over like paying more than most performers ever get paid? And they had to get fired. (laughs) Their shows had to close for them to like live the life that they dreamed of Mm -hmm. because it was like these velvet handcuffs, right? Like it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm handcuffed because it's velvet. Well, I mean, and doesn't that make you think like just because you want something so bad, if you get it, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't want it anymore. Like if you want to shift and change. And so you went from a brick and mortar in-person studio. Do you have that anymore? No. So um, so I've had an awesome Pilates career in that I've I've been able to do all the things. So I worked for a high-end fitness company. I ran nine studios for them. I, I, I led their teacher training. I also have been a renter uh, where I rented space from somebody. And then I've had my own brick and mortar. Um, and now I have a home studio because I just have um, the online platform. Uh, so people who want to do Pilates with me, either have to visit me and our, we moved to Las Vegas. You have to visit us there. I do a session if you're visiting <laughs> um, or you have to do it on a retreat with me. But we, um, I actually only opened the brick and mortar so that I could film for my platform because it gets a little tricky when you're renting space, like you're at the, at the mercy of their schedule. And so I was able to um, find my own space that it was the same amount that I was paying in rent to another studio, get my own equipment, which is, um, which when you think about it, you're like, well, that was a lot more money <laughs> than just renting <laughs> right? some, like applies equipment, just to have one of everything was like a $40,000 purchase. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so I did that, but, um, it was mostly to film. And then when 2020 happened, um, we like everything stopped. So I had eight countries I was supposed to go teaching. Those were all gone. All the retreats were gone. And then I lived in LA. It was my brick and mortar. So my clients went virtual because the city shut down. Um, And so um, my husband and I took that moment to like sit down and go, what do we want? Like, why don't we take a moment to just make sure we're on the path we want? And um, we decided to move. Um, And so I found an opportunity to break our lease on our studio there. Um, And uh, thank goodness, because 
LA didn't open up the gyms for 14 months. So that would have been a, a tricky, a tricky thing to balance. Um, and then just go all in on the online, which is which was really exciting because I can affect more people and inspire more people and support them in their in their path. Um, but yeah. So you and your husband work together, right? I know. And when people go, oh my God, how did how do you guys work together? I say it's not for everybody. <laughs> I know. My my husband and I work together too now. He uh, he retired oh. from law enforcement and as of last summer came and joined. So I'm gonna totally like go off track and just ask you a different question yeah. as to what do you think the the secret sauce is in order to have, because I, I mean, I know I've met both of you guys in person. I know you guys are awesome people. Um, and you both just have this energy and you just seem to be so aligned. Like what is the secret sauce to having uh, a good relationship that lasts? We are really big on allowing each other to be themselves. Hmm. So like, there's a lot of things that he does that I would totally do differently. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell him you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I fell in love with the person that he is. And so the way he works and the way he does his life is his own way. And yeah. and if he doesn't like something that he's doing, I you can go, it, that's for him to figure out. And so I think that that really helps because I'm, because I am a, I'm a teacher. So it's really easy for me just to teach yeah. <laughs> the person I'm with. And that is not my role. Um, and he also lets me be <laughs> myself. Um I am not an organized person. I put the keys everywhere. I, oh. We can never find the case for my phone. It is all, the battery is always dying. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like that stuff is annoying to him. He's so organized. <laughs> He's so organized. Yeah. But he also knows that if we, if we make, if we change me to be really good about details, then that's going to take away the creativity. So I think the really secret sauce is like, A, let them be themselves. Yeah. And then B, I'm really clear if something is super important to me and like, Maybe him being himself, aka late, is going to affect that. I just say, hey, it's really important to me that we're on time for this. Yeah. Um, and if it is his thing, then I don't stress about being late. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> I always say to my husband, I'm like, would you like my opinion on this? So I've learned to like rather to just like blurt it out because I'm the same way. I'm like, well, you know, and so now when I know, like he'll he'll know because I'll just kind of sit back and not say anything, which is not <laughs> typically me. But then when I go quiet and he'd be like, what? I'm like, would you like my opinion? So <laughs> he has at least given me permission to to express that. But I think I think you're totally right. I just had someone recently ask, like, if my husband and I functioned as like, were we so constantly together, even though like we are physically together? Um, or do we do our own separate thing too? And I think that there's that you have to have that balance. Like you have to go and pursue what what fills you up, which I totally recognize will not be the same thing that fills him up. And he has to do do what fills his soul. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And like, you know, we we have the we were very clear on whose job is what in the company. And I think that is also clear is also key because it is it's mind face all over it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm very aware that like that, that is its own thing. And so he is the CEO. He does the meetings with the team. He is the hiring. He's all that stuff. And like, I can give feedback and I can give my things, but also like I have to stay in my lane and focus on like the creative stuff and like making sure I'm connecting with our members and we're listening to them because that's how things get done. And if we try to do each other's jobs, people aren't going to be happy. And so you know, I think, um, and that's hard because you could be like, I would do yeah. it differently. But you just have to like let it, you have to let people do it themselves. And then we do a lot of things differently. Currently, he's walking with me in the morning, but as soon as he's back on his regular schedule, <laughs> 
um, I'll walk by myself again. And that is my morning routine is like sacred to me. And I really love it. Um, and he has a night routine. And so he does his own thing. And so I think it's like, I think some people can go, oh, we're not doing enough together. We do tons of stuff together. We're very specific yeah. on it. We just don't spend all the time together because yeah. we work together too. You know, you gotta have some space. Absolutely. Yeah. So you say that you can have excuses or you can have success, but you can't have both. And I feel like this is like super juicy <laughs> topic. <laughs> so explain yourself, Leslie. Oh, gosh. So, uh, you know, excuses and complaints drive me crazy. And it's not that you shouldn't ever say them, but like they're little like warnings. And if they come up again, if you have the same excuse, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Mm. It's, I'm too busy. Um, you know, if you have the same or you have the same complaint, um, you're not going to make the change you want to have. And, and success is everyone's own definition, but typically it's something more than what you have right now. True. So, um, so I feel like, I feel like people, we all need to be a little bit more aware of what we're saying we can't mm. do or what was the reason why we couldn't do the thing and just be honest around that so that we can have the success we want to have and whatever that is. And whether that's in your love life or in your personal joys mm. and success or in your business, like you, you, you do need to be clear on what those things are so that you can just go, you know what? I'm making a total excuse right now. I'm really good with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, or so that you can make the change that you need to have. For me, like, um, excuses are just, they frustrate me because it makes me feel like I'm not, I know we're not able to control everything, but it really yeah. does just give your control away. And so it's like, yeah, there are yeah. people who are in charge of certain things. Yes, I have an assistant. And if she doesn't do something in time, like, that's an excuse of why something to get done on time, but it's my job to make sure she gets yeah. things done on time. And so like, what can I do so that next time things get done in a certain way? And so then if it keeps happening, then that's her, I got to let her go. I can't, I can't have the success I want to have if I don't have the things I need. So I feel like use them as a magnifier for what is happening in your life that you want to make changes on. And if you don't want to make that change, it just be honest with yourself as opposed to like making excuses, just say, I actually don't want that thing right now. And I'd rather have this this situation. It mm. allows me to spend more time with my kids. Okay, fine. That will be easier. At least we're being honest. Um, and you're not telling yourself a story that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's so good. And most successful people don't really complain or have excuses. Like if you think about it, they're like, all right, this thing happened. And they, they're like, how can I pivot this? What can I do about this? Or yeah. I effed up or, you know, like they're, they're, they're not coming up with excuses. They're just like, all right, we're going to deal with this head on. And so I think that that's something that really drives high performers crazy as employers. Um, and so do, do you have any thoughts on like this whole anti-hustle culture that we're hearing that we constantly see on social media because like you come across as being so go with the flow like you're so cool calm and collected but I know that you are a hustler so oh, I'm curious uh, <laughs> um yeah you know like well we have a mutual friend Kareen and she said on my podcast she said it's okay to have a hustle. It's when your hustle becomes a hassle that you want to be clear about Ooh, that. That's so good. It's so good. So I love that she said that because I was hearing all this anti-hustle stuff too. And I was like, well, but sometimes you have to hustle. Yeah. <laughs> like there's momentum to things. Mm -hmm. And when she gave that permission, like it's okay to hustle. It just can't become a hassle. So if you're hustling in a way that is taking you away from other things in your life, yeah. 
and not like just for a day, but like you're literally no longer checking in on your relationships or your friendships, then that's a hassle. Then that's, then I would say your hustle is a detriment to you. But I hustle hard when I'm working so that I don't have to hustle hard when I'm not working. So that, you know, I love to get things in other people's hands. I'm like, okay, it's in your court now. It's in your court now. I love doing that too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's, I think, um, I love that people, I, I think that the pendulum is going to swing back. And I think there's such a thing as balance. And I know people are like, yeah. there's no such thing as balance, but balance is the art of not falling, which means you're going to tip over a little bit to one side and you course correct. And I say that as mm-hmm. I visualize um, a handstand. So my yoga teacher says like the part of like balance is just the art of not falling. And so when you're in a handstand and your mm-hmm. legs start to swing back but over your head, you use your muscles to pull them back forward. And if you pull them back forward too much, you fall this way. And so truly, I don't know that you like, are like going to find your sweet spot and just stay there. I think it's always going to have to be a little bit course corrected as you go through your life, just because you change, you know, the amount of sleep you need might change. The amount you might want to spend time on a hobby might change, but, but just being mindful that if your hustle is taking you away from the other things that you call a priority, then that's probably a problem. But I, I'm sorry, if you're on my team, we are moving. We have, yeah. <laughs> we have a thing to do. Now, that doesn't mean you do it all the time. I have an, an hour limitation that you're allowed to work. <laughs> you got to go do other things. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, for me, it's almost like the, I love the hustle when it's something I love doing and when it's fun. And if it's not fun, I'm going to do everything in my power to like give it to someone else or delegate it. So like the, any hustle I have is most of it is spent on something that like is fun and feels good and it's exciting and it's a little uncertain and maybe a little scary. So it doesn't really feel like hustle to me. It feels like an adventure. Yeah. And I love that you said that. And I think like, I think to just, if people were to just like listen to the, let's not hustle and then just kind of like slow everything down to the point that you're just doing it all. You're not, you're not going to realize that some things aren't lying in your fire because you can just do them and you're just not going to get this done here. So I don't, I think that obviously for some people, like they can easily become a bit of a workaholic. And so the hustle mindset might be the wrong message for them, but I think you have to know yourself. And I, I feel like, I feel like if I was just, if I, if I was taking the anti-hustle thing, I think it would take some of the joy out of it. I like I like taking action and yeah. I like seeing the effect that it has because I'm on a mission. I want more bodies doing Pilates. I know when they do Pilates, they are a much better version of themselves. Mm-hmm. They understand themselves more. They understand their needs more. So if I'm just like taking the the message of that anti-hustle for me, it feels like I should slow down. I'm actually being a little selfish. I need to, <laughs> I don't know. Like it just, it really rubs me the wrong way. But you know what? If it works for you, then at least it's work. Then you should like own that, love that. You, it's okay. You don't have to DM me and say I'm wrong. You can just like go, oh, it works for me. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just love that you're you were just so honest about that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I I don't know about you, Renee, but I like I am a, such an ideas machine that turning my yeah. brain off is like not possible. It's- <laughs> so slowing down nope. almost feels like I'm being handcuffed. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I will sometimes like sit there. And so my husband will will be like, what is happening inside your brain right now? Because I'll be like staring off into space and he can like see it. He'll see it on my face. And then like I've had moments where I walk around my house and it's like I have nothing to do. Everything's done. It's a weekend. My son's off, like doesn't need me. And I'm like, 
I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, this is so weird. Like, what do I do? It almost feels uncomfortable until like I have to force myself to like just be present and be still and turn my brain, like, you know, allow my brain to be off and be okay with that. You know, that um, is a new problem for me um, in that when before the pandemic, when I had time off, I spent it with my husband mostly because we, I had a studio that I worked in and he worked from home. And so when we would come together, it was for dinner. You know what I mean? So then we'd have time off together. We were hiking or spending time with friends Mm -hmm. because that was the only time we had. So, um, it felt like it felt really good. And I could, I could just turn those things off because this is where I need to be. When the pandemic happened and we had to pivot everything like everyone else did and, um, truly like figure things out. As soon as I got the the balls rolling in that direction and things were working again. I had this time on my hands and now we live in a new city. We don't have any friends. And so <laughs> we've already been hanging out all week long <laughs> in the house. And so I was like, so what do I do on a day off? Yeah. Like, what is this? What is this thing? And so I have been on a hobby <laughs> hunt, to be honest. <laughs> so funny. Or like making myself sit outside and read a book. And um, so I say like, you know, I just go back to the hustle thing. I think if, if you think people are hustling, you think it's like a seven days a week, 24 mm. seven. No, you can hustle in a short period of time and then not. And so for you being present, I think it's like, maybe you and I are on a hobby hunt together. We got to figure out yeah. some hobbies to fill the time because I don't think it's that you can't be present. I think it's that you're just used to working on something that matters. Yeah. And, um, and it's, and I, I know from my strengths, I've done strength finders 2.0. I have like significance is one of my top strengths. It means I've been doing something that's making an impact sitting around <laughs> watching TV. Yeah. is like so annoying for me. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I hear you too. I hear you. Absolutely. So oh, I can't believe we're almost getting down to the, the end of our interview, but I, I don't want to leave without asking you a question about productivity because you had a very specific um, suggestion on how to increase productivity that you call the, am I going to get at this right? The Pomodoro method? Oh, the Pomodoro method. So this is something that um, that I, I do. I So couple things on productivity. Um, I'm going to come back to this. Don't let me forget. But the way I create my schedule is so that it is um, not every workday looks the same or is just like a batch of time that I get work done. So you all can do this. I call it rocks, gemstones, and glitter. So if you think if you have a mason Mm -hmm. jar and you have a pile of rocks, a pile of gemstones, and a pile of glitter, and if you put them in the wrong order into your mason jar, and your mason jar is your calendar. Your calendar is how you do your productivity. Um, If you put in the wrong order, nothing, you can't fit anything. You can't fit everything in. It just has to go in the right order. The rocks are first rocks that you have put in your schedule for your productivity that you want is sleep. When you go to bed Mm. and when you wake up, this is so important. Sleep is really underrated and it, and it needs a comeback. And so I'm a big, I'm big, big, big on sleep because your whole productivity for the next day is determined if you get good sleep or not. So then um, after that, you put in your workouts or the things that like really, maybe it's your massages, whatever it is that really makes you feel like you've been fed, nourished. So for mm-hmm. me, I have my walks, I have my Pilates practice, I have some weight training. If you have kids, um, if you want to have breakfast or dinner with them, those things go in. If you have a partner, when you hang out with them. So first was your sleep and your things that fill your cup, then it's the family stuff. Then it's your work schedule. Now, I'm going to use this a little loosely. I I'm a, uh, I work for myself. So if you work for an employer 
a player, this might be a little tricky. You just know your set schedule. For me, yes, I can work Monday through Friday from like 10 to 5. But some of those hours are spent on actual production of the content. Some of those hours are actually spent on the things I want to be doing in the business in the future. Mm. And so gemstones come in next. And so you have your rocks of when you can work, but then I have to take your gemstones. Gemstones are the things that propel your life forward or your business forward. So this is the stuff that is not necessarily what makes the money now or or like you're good at now, but it's the thing that you want to be doing. So if you want to be some sort of rock climber, you're taking rock climbing lessons. If you, if for, for me, um, I am currently working on another flashcard deck. So I want to have a fourth product. I got to work on that now during a certain time. So gemstone time is when I do the marketing stuff, the big projects stuff, the future stuff. It is not when I'm checking my email. It is not when I'm checking the Mm -hmm. comments on my social media. It is not when I'm going into Slack with the team and responding to things responding to things is glitter. I can actually do that anytime. I could pro- I could do it while I'm waiting for something to heat up in the microwave. I can do it while I'm in line for coffee shop. Like I can check in on all of those things. So glitter to me is anything you can do in standing in line for coffee or basically on the toilet. <laughs> Let's be honest, everyone's on their phones. <laughs> if you can do it there, then you don't schedule that. It just is going to happen. You just need to know like what your list is. But if you want to be productive, you have this gemstone time. So now let's go back to that Pomodoro method. And the gemstone time. Everything takes the amount of time you give it. So I used to give myself an hour to write a blog post. And one day I only had 20 minutes to write a blog post. And I got it done. And it wasn't Mm. bad. (laughs) So actually, maybe it's only 20 minutes I need. So the Pomodoro method is about taking... um, you work for about 20 minutes and then you take a five-minute break and you work for 20 minutes take a five-minute break. And the idea is that like your brain, they've done some studies, it only can focus on something for so long. And so by... By turning off all of your things, all of your notifications, and you get and set a timer, you actually will stay more focused on that I, uh, that that thing. Because of the timer, you actually will work with a little bit of haste. And then because you give your brain a break, you can either hmm. come back to that project or you can switch projects. And you do that for three to four rounds. So it's not your entire day doing that, but it's like three to four rounds, which is about the time that I give myself for a block of gemstone time. And so I would try it. It's You can look it up, Pomodoro yeah. Method, super cool. Um, if that doesn't work for you, just go with the gemstones and then time block things. I have a kitchen timer. I love it. But what I try to do is I'll give myself 20 minutes on one project and then the next thing I'll switch to the next project if I can, because then I can keep the ball rolling forward on all the projects versus like, I'm going to do this one until it's done. Who knows when it's going to be done? I might might get to a point where I have to wait six weeks for someone to make something for me. So I'd rather do it that way. But does that make sense? I, that makes total sense. And I love that as like a multitasker. That's a great, that's a great tool. Yeah, because we can't really go from like, here's what's crazy is that multitasking is not really a thing, but women can do it better than men. So we're like, we're yeah. multitaskers. Yeah. Eh, ish. <laughs> ish. And so, um, so what I love about that is that you get a break. So then you can actually yeah. switch the next thing and you can, um, you know, and your brain can get there much quicker, I think, and more focused. Awesome. I also think that people just want to feel like they're working on things. Um, and, you know, busy is not productive. So, yeah. you know, give your, like, give yourself permission to have less things to do and give them shorter periods of time and see if you can get them done. Love it. 
All right, Leslie, how do, does everyone connect with you? Where do they find you? You have so much going on. You have products, you have courses, you have your own podcast. Give us all the, the details. Yeah. Well, you can listen to the podcast at Be It Till You See It, uh, which is wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to mine. Um, and I really love that. It's a, it's a lot of fun to talk about like how we can act like the person we want to be already right now. Um, and then uh, for Pilates, onlinepilatesclasses.com. You can get a free class at onlinepilatesclasses.com slash free. Um, and if you want, we have products, as, as Renee mentioned, it's a flashcard deck um, and everyone can get the mat deck. Um, if you do have access to a reformer, there's a reformer deck as well. Um, and for those people, we do have reformer classes, but the mat is something you can do anywhere. You can lay on the ground. And so if you're wanting to get connected with yourself, I hope you check it out there. And then I hang out at Instagram at Leslie.Logan. And you put up pictures of your adorable three pups. So I know I like to show them a lot. We have this one. I've never had a dog like this before. He is a goober. He is so funny. And like <laughs> he slides out of bed, like slithers and then just lets the weight of his body fall. <laughs> so funny. And then he does this like morning stretch where all of his like nails go. And I'm like, look at you. Like he just downward dog, he, right? That's where it came from. <laughs> I know. I know. So he's, he's so funny. He's such a personality. And we have the other one who's just like, why is he being so cute? I want the attention. So they just have their own thing. And I like to post it because I don't have kids. So, so those are my kids. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're awesome. Dogs are the best. They so, are the best. All right. Final question. What does winning mean to you? Mm. Oh, I think it has to deal with like being authentically myself. Because that's the only way I'd want to win anything is like being authentically me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I love it. Leslie, you're the best. You oh, are. Oh, you are, Renee. You're Thanks for having so me. so cool. I said in the intro, like how cool you are. And I thought that maybe if I like hung out with you, some of that would rub off on me. But we have to hang out again. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe, maybe we'll be in Nashville again soon. I would love that. Yeah. So in the meantime, enjoy Cambodia. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time. And remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.